Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text for today is taken from our Gospel reading from the 8th chapter of St. John, with an emphasis on these words. Jesus said, So if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. This is our text, dear brothers and sisters in Christ. Amen. All right, everyone. Today is the Festival of the Reformation, and so I need you to sit up straight and be bright-eyed and bushy-tailed because I've prepared for you this morning a little Lutheran pop quiz based on our readings for today. But before you start to panic, don't worry. The answers are all true-false, open book, and I promise you, you're not going to be graded. If anything, your pastors are. So are you ready? Here we go. Let's start off with a softball one. Because God is a righteous judge, he condemns all sins. True or false? True. God cannot abide by sin or he would not be a righteous judge. All right, our second one is another easy one. Because God is also merciful, he sent Jesus to bear the the cost of mankind's sins, suffering God's judgment in our place on Calvary's cross. True or false? True again. Okay, now I need you to stay frosty because here come the trickier ones. Because Christ satisfied the law's demands, we no longer have to hold the law in any account. True or false? False. On the contrary, writes St. Paul, we uphold the law. Now hang in there because we're almost at the end. Next one. If we do enough good deeds and try our very best to obey the law, Well, then God will look the other way and will be called justified and go to heaven. True or false? False. For by works of the law, no human being will be justified in his sight. Okay, big finish. Last question. By faith in Christ's work for me, I can be certain that God remembers my sin no more. I am justified freely and totally by Jesus' all-availing sacrifice on the cross, and through him... I am called a child of God and an heir to his kingdom. True or false? Yes, this is most certainly true. Okay, now you can take a deep breath and relax because you're all decidedly Lutheran theologians. Congratulations. Now, of course, while this quiz was done in a lighthearted manner, it illustrates an important point that is worth considering on this festival day. Namely, that those fundamental tenets of this Christian faith, of which you just gave clear confession by this quiz, still remain an elusive and mysterious part of the faith to many people the world over. And I'm not just talking about those outside the church, but also to many of other traditions and denominations which profess to know the Christ of the Bible, but sadly do not lean on him alone for their salvation. There is This is no doubt a rather serious accusation, and one which could, under the wrong circumstances, be misconstrued as just another form of flag-waving or virtue-signaling aimed at building up our own Lutheran tradition at the expense of those whose doctrine or practice are not as pure or orthodox as our own. This, of course, is not our intention for today. Nor, for that matter, is it why we yearly remember the occasion of Luther nailing his 95 theses to the doors of the castle church in Wittenberg. Far from a cry of nana-nana-boo-boo or we're right, you're wrong, the Lutheran Reformation was and is 
a rallying call for all Christendom to be united in doctrine and in practice, to minister to the whole world according to the divine word of Christ crucified. Therefore, we're not here today to pat ourselves on the back, nor to congratulate our synod on a job well done. We're here this day, as we are every day, to remind ourselves that there is still important work to be done in the church, that the good confession made just now by all of you must not be taken for granted. For it is in this faith and confession that Christ Jesus works to bring his people out of sin and death and into his kingdom. We heard in our gospel reading for today that the knowledge of this life-saving truth will set us free from the shackles of sin, the debt that we owe under the crushing weight of the law. For just as if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed, so also does the inverse hold true. So if you remain bound to your incomplete obedience, bound to your half-hearted good works, bound to your self-serving personal piety, then you, O sinner, will never be free. We're not just splitting hairs here. This is the difference between life and death. The righteousness of man can never be compared with the righteousness of Christ, and so it is to his righteousness alone that we must cling. And yet, how many good, moral, and upright people do you know who earnestly believe that it is by their deeds, by their prayers, by their tithes, their charity, or any other good works that they are saved? It is as though they put Christ's righteousness on a shelf and try to fashion for themselves one all their own. Instead of singing a mighty fortress as we did this morning, they go about humming a different hymn. That old song by the Bodines. Maybe some of you remember the one that I'm talking about. Everybody wants to live how they want to live. Everybody wants to love how they want to love. Everybody wants to be closer to free. Now, I confess to you, I think personally that this is pretty good rock. But it's a horrible, solid rock. Living according to our own understanding. Substituting God's love shown from the cross with a love based on personal merit. These things most certainly do not get you any closer to free. Just ask Luther, for he wrote... Though I lived as a monk without reproach, I always felt that I was a sinner before God with an extremely disturbed conscience. I could not believe that he was placated by my satisfaction. And so I did not love, but hated the righteous God who punishes sinners. And secretly, if not blasphemously, I certainly murmured greatly that I was angry with God. And I would often say, as if indeed it is not enough that miserable sinners, eternally lost through original sin, are crushed by every kind of calamity by the law of the Decalogue, without having God add pain to pain by the gospel, and also by the gospel, threatening us with his righteousness and wrath. Thus, said the Reformer, I raged with a fierce and troubled conscience." With these words from the prologue to his Latin writings, Luther encapsulates the futility with which he tried to earn freedom from his trespasses prior to the Reformation. 
The more he tortured himself with prayer, the more he starved himself with fasting, the more he enumerated his sins, the more he sought to pay for those sins with acts of penance, the further he moved from freedom in Christ. Indeed, by his own admission, Luther began to see God not as a loving father, but as an unforgiving and wrathful judge. Consider, dear brothers and sisters in Christ, how a righteousness based on our works is cancerous to our life of faith. Have you ever been trapped in this error, like Luther and like so many others who still believe that God's forgiveness must be earned? Have you raged with a fierce and troubled conscience? Have you hated God? Well, then hear these words of your Savior again and again and again. If the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. He and he alone has the last word in your salvation. He and he alone has borne your sin and canceled your debt on the cross. He and he alone gives you pardon and peace by means of his body and blood given and shed for you in his sacrament. He and he alone washes you clean and adorns you with the robe of his righteousness. Therefore, you saints of the Lord, persist not in your works. Hear his word of grace. Come to his table. Remember your baptism. By these precious gifts, your God works life and freedom in you, freely and abundantly. Let there be no substitute. For yours is not a righteousness based on works, which is really no righteousness at all. You are made free perfectly and wholly by him who loved you and who gave himself up for you on the cross. You know, as the Reformer began to understand this life-giving truth, so also did the object of his personal piety, all those good works that he once thought would save him, shifted from himself to his neighbor. Freed now from the shackles of the law by the gospel of Christ, Luther sparked the Reformation so that the church might once again hear God as God desires, not from his throne of judgment, but from his seat of mercy, that all who come into his holy house with a troubled conscience would be transformed by a father's love and care. Regarding this transformation, Luther famously wrote in his treatise on Christian freedom that although I am an unworthy and condemned man, my God has given me in Christ all the riches of righteousness and salvation without any merit on my part, all this out of pure, free mercy, so that from now on I need nothing except faith which believes that this is true. Why should I not, therefore, freely, joyfully, with all my heart, and with an eager will, do all those things which I know are pleasing and acceptable to such a Father who has overwhelmed me with his inestimable riches. So lived the Reformer, and so also may you live, dear friends in Christ, no longer slaves to sin, no longer bound to works which are not profitable for your salvation, but as children as heirs, given every good thing for the sake of him who stood condemned in your place. 
filled with his joy, do the work which he has prepared for you, that you may be as Christ to your neighbor in need, revealing to them the reason for the joy that is in you, and in so doing, drawing closer each day to him who has set you free, free indeed. In Jesus' name, amen.